Section 7 of the American Rivals of Sherlock Holmes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Rivals of Sherlock Holmes. Mystery of the Skull Thread by Jacques Fidrel, Part 2. 5. The thinking machine stared steadily into the eager, exultant eyes of the newspaper man, until Hatch, at last, began to fear that he had been precipitate. After a while, under close scrutiny, the reporter began to feel convinced that he had made a mistake. He didn't quite see where, but it must be there, and the exultant manner passed. The voice of the thinking machine was like a cold shower. Remember, Mr. Hatch, he said critically, that unless every possible question has been considered, one cannot boast of a solution. Is there any possible question lingering yet in your mind? The reporter silently considered that for a moment, then, well, I have the main facts anyway. There may be one or two minor questions left, but the principal ones are answered. Then tell me, to the minutest detail, what you have learned, what has happened. Professor Van Dusen sank back in his old, familiar pose in the large armchair, and had related what he had learned and what he surmised. He related, too, the peculiar circumstances surrounding the wounding of Henley, and right on down to the beginning and end of the interview with Gabel in the latter's apartments. The thinking machine was silent for a time. Then there came a host of questions. Do you know where the woman, Miss Austin, is now? was the first. No, had had to admit. Or her precise mental condition? No. Or her exact relationship to Cabell? No. Do you know, then, what the valet, Jean, knows of the affair? No, not that, said the reporter, and his face flushed under the close questioning. He was out of the suite every night. Therefore, might have been the very one who turned on the gas, the other put in testily. So far as I can learn, nobody could have gone into that room and turned on the gas, said the reporter somewhat aggressively. Henley barred the doors and windows and kept watch night after night. Yet, the moment he was exhausted and fell asleep, the gas was turned on to kill him, said the thinking machine. Thus, we see that he was watched more closely than he watched. I see what you mean now, said Hatch after a long pause. I should like to know what Henley and Cabell and the valet knew of the girl who was found dead, the thinking machine suggested. Further, I should like to know if there was a good-sized mirror, not one set in a bureau or dresser, either in Henley's room or the apartments where the girl was found. Find out this for me and—never mind, I'll go with you. The scientist left the room. When he returned, he wore his coat and hat. Hatch arose mechanically to follow. For a block or more they walked along, neither speaking. The thinking machine was the first to break the silence. You believe Cabell is the man who attempted to kill Henley? Frankly, yes, replied the newspaperman. Why? Because he had the motive, disappointed love. How? I don't know, Edge confessed. The doors of the Henley suite were closed. I don't see how anybody passed them. And the girl who killed her? How? Why? Disconsolately, Hatch shook his head as he walked on. The thinking machine interpreted his silence all right. Don't jump at any conclusions, he advised sharply. You are confident Cabell was to blame for this, and he might have been, I don't know yet, but you can suggest nothing to show how he did it. I have told you before that imagination is half of logic. At last the lights of the big apartment house where Henley lived came inside. Hatch shrugged his shoulders. He had grave doubts, based on what he knew, whether the thinking machine would be able to see Cabell. It was nearly eleven o'clock, and Cabell was to leave for the south at midnight. Is Mr. Cabell here? asked the scientist of the elevator boy. Yes, just about to go through. He won't see anyone. Hand him this note, instructed the thinking machine, and he scribbled something on a piece of paper. He'll see us. 
the boy took the paper and the elevator shot up to the fourth floor after a while he returned he'll see you he said is he unpacking after he read your note twice he told his valet to unpack the boy replied ah i thought so said the thinking machine with hatch mystified and puzzled following the thinking machine entered the elevator to step out a second or so later on the fourth floor as they left the car they saw the door of cabell's apartment standing open cabell was in the door hatch traced a gleam of anxiety in the eyes of the young man professor van dusen cabell inquired yes said the scientist it was of the utmost importance that i should see you otherwise i shouldn't have come at this time of night with a wave of his hand cabell passed the detail i was anxious to get away at midnight he explained but of course now i shan't go in view of your note i have ordered my valet to unpack my things at least until tomorrow the reporter and the scientist passed into the luxuriously furnished apartments jean the valet was bending over a suitcase as they entered removing some things he had been carefully placing there he didn't look back or pay the least attention to the visitors this is your valet asked the thinking machine yes said the young man french isn't he yes speak english at all very badly said cabell i use french when i talk to him does he know that you are accused of murder asked the thinking machine in a quiet conversational tone the effect of the remark on cabell was startling he staggered back a step or so as if he had been struck in the face and a crimson flush overspread his brow jean the valley straightened up suddenly and looked around there was a queer expression too in his eyes an expression which hatch could not fathom murder gasped cabell at last yes he speaks english all right remarked the thinking machine now mr cabell will you please tell me just who miss austin is and where she is and her mental condition believe me it may save you a great deal of trouble what i said in the note is not exaggerated the young man turned suddenly and began to pace back and forth across the room after a few minutes he paused before the thinking machine who stood impatiently waiting for an answer i'll tell you yes said cabell firmly miss austin is a middle-aged woman whom my sister befriended several times was in fact my sister's governess when she was a child of late years she has not been wholly right mentally and has suffered a great deal of privation i had about concluded arrangements to put her in a private sanitarium i permitted her to remain in these rooms in my absence south i did not take jean he lived in the quarters of the other employees of the place and gave the apartment entirely to miss austin it was simply an act of charity what was the cause of your sudden determination to go south to-night asked the scientist i won't answer that question was the sign reply there was a long tense silence jean the valet came and went several times how long has miss austin known mr henley presumably since she has been in these apartments was the reply are you sure you are not miss austin demanded the scientist the question was almost staggering not only to cabell but to hatch suddenly with flaming face the young southerner leaped forward as if to strike down the thinking machine that won't do any good said the scientist coldly are you sure you're not miss austin he repeated certainly i'm not miss austin responded cabell fiercely have your mirror in these apartments about twelve inches by twelve inches asked thinking machine irrelevantly i-i don't know stammered the young man i-have we jean we oui, replied the valet yes snapped the thinking machine talk english please may i see it the valet without a word but with a silent glance at the questioner turned and left the room he returned after a moment with the mirror the thinking machine carefully examined the frame top and bottom and on both sides at last he looked up again the valet was bending over a suitcase do you use gas in these apartments the scientist asked suddenly no was the bewildered response what is all this anyway 
without answering the thinking machine drew a chair up under the chandelier where the gas and electric fixtures were and began to finger the gas tips after a while he climbed down and passed into the next room with hatch and cabell both hopelessly mystified following there the scientist went through the same process of fingering the gas jets finally one of the gas tips came out in his hand ah he exclaimed suddenly that knew the note of triumph in it the jet from which the tip came was just on a level with his shoulder set between a dressing-table and a window he leaned over and squinted at the gas-pipe closely then he returned to the room where the valet was now jean he began in an even calm voice please tell me if you did or did not kill miss renier purposely i don't know what you mean said the servant suddenly angrily as he turned on the scientist you speak very good english now was the thinking machine's terse comment mr hatch locked the door and used his phone to call the police hatch turned to do as he was bit and saw a flash of steel in young cabell's hand which was drawn suddenly from a hip pocket it was a revolver the weapon glittered in the light and hatch flung himself forward there was a sharp report and a bullet was buried in the floor six then came a fierce hard fight for possession of the revolver it ended with the weapon in hatch's hand and both he and cabell blowing from the effort they had expended jean the valet had turned at the sound of the shot and started toward the door leading into the hall the thinking machine had stepped in front of him and now stood there with his back to the door physically he would have been a child in the hands of the valet yet there was a look in his eyes which stopped him now mr hatch said the scientist quietly a touch of irony in his voice hand me the revolver then phone for detective mallory to come here immediately tell him we have a murderer and if he can't come at once get some other detective whom you know murderer gasped cabell uncontrollable rage was blazing in the eyes of the valet and he made as if to throw the thinking machine aside despite the revolver when hatch was at the telephone as jean started forward however cabell stopped him with a quick stern gesture suddenly the young southerner turned on the thinking machine but it was with a question what does it all mean he asked bewildered it means that the man there and the thinking machine indicated the valet by a nod of his head is a murderer that he killed louise renier that he shot weldon henley on boston common and that with the aid of miss renier he had four times previously attempted to kill mr henley is he coming mr hatch yes was the reply he says he'll be here directly do you deny it demanded the thinking machine of the valet i've done nothing said the valet suddenly i'm going out of here like an infuriated animal he rushed forward hatch and cabell seized him and bore him to the floor there after a frantic struggle he was bound and the other three men sat down to wait for detective mallory cabell sank back in his chair with a perplexed frown on his face from time to time he glanced at jean the flush of anger which had been on the valley's face was gone now instead there was a pallor of fear won't you tell us pleaded cabell impatiently when detective mallory comes and takes his prisoner said the thinking machine ten minutes later they heard a quick step in the hall outside and hatch opened the door detective mallory entered and looked from one to another inquiringly that's your prisoner mr mallory said the scientist coldly i charge him with the murder of miss renier whom you were so confident committed suicide i charge him with five attempts on the life of weldon henley four times by gas poisoning in which miss renier was his accomplice and once by shooting he is the man who shot mr henley the thinking machine arose and walked over to the prostrate man handing the revolver to hatch he glared down at jean fiercely will you tell how you did it or shall i he demanded his answer was a sullen defiant clear 
he turned and picked up the square mirror which the valet had produced previously that's where the screw was isn't it he asked as he indicated a small hole in the frame of the mirror jean stared at it and his head sank forward hopelessly and this is the bathrobe you wore isn't it he demanded again and from the suitcase he pulled out the garment with the scarlet stripe i guess you got me all right was the sullen reply it might be better for you if you told the story then suggested the thinking machine you know so much about it tell it yourself very well was the calm rejoinder i will if i make any mistake you will correct me for a long time no one spoke the thinking machine had dropped back into her chair and was staring through his thick glasses at the ceiling his fingertips were pressed tightly together at last he began there are certain trivial gaps which only the imagination can supply until the matter is gone into more fully i should have supplied these myself but the arrest of this man jean was precipitated by the tempted hurried departure of mr cabell for the south to-night and i did not have time to go into the case to the fullest extent thus we begin with the fact that there were several clever attempts made to murder mr henley this was by putting out the gas which he habitually left burning in his room it happened four times in all thus proving that it was an attempt to kill him if it had been only once it might have been an accident even twice it might have been accident but the same accident does not happen four times at the same time of night mr henley finally grew to regard the strange extinguishing of the gas as an effort to kill him and carefully locked and barred his door and windows each night he believed that someone came into his apartments and put out the light leaving the gas flow this of course was not true yet the gas was put out how my first idea a natural one was it was turned off for an instant at the meter when the light would go out then turned on again this i convinced myself was not true therefore still the question how it is a fact i don't know how widely known it is but it is a fact that every gaslight in this house might be extinguished at the same time from this room without leaving it how simply by removing the gas jet tip and blowing into the gas pipe it would not leave a jet in the building burning it is due to the fact that the lung power is greater than the pressure of the gas in the pipes and forces it out thus we have the method employed to extinguish the light in mr henley's rooms and all the barred and locked doors and windows would not stop it at the same time it threatened the life of every other person in the house that is every other person who used gas it was probably for this reason that the attempt was always made late at night i should say three or four o'clock that's when it was done isn't it he asked suddenly of the valet staring at the thinking machine in open-mouthed astonishment the valet noted his acquiescence before he was fully aware of it yes that's right thinking machine resumed complacently this was easily found out comparatively the next question was how was a watch kept on mr henley it would have done no good to extinguish the gas before he was asleep or to have turned it on when he was not in his rooms it might have led to a speedy discovery of just how the thing was done there's a spring lock on the door of mr henley's apartment therefore it would have been impossible for anyone to peer through the keyhole there are no cracks through which one might see how was this watch kept how was the plotter to satisfy himself positively of the time when mr henley was asleep how was it that the gas was put out at no time of the score or more nights mr henley himself kept watch obviously he was watched through a window no one could climb out on the window ledge and look into mr henley's apartments no one could see into the apartment from the street that is could see whether mr henley was asleep or even in bed they could see the light watch was kept with the aid offered by the flagpole supplemented with a mirror this mirror a screw was driven into the frame it has been removed now it was swung on the flagpole rope and pulled out to the end of the pole facing the building 
to a man standing in the hall window of the third floor it offered precisely the angle necessary to reflect the interior of mr hanley's suite possibly even showed him in bed through a narrow opening in the curtain there is no shade on the windows of the suite heavy curtains instead is that right again the prisoner was surprised into a mute acquiescence i saw the possibility of these things and i saw too that at three or four o'clock in the morning it would be perfectly possible for a person to move about the upper halls of this house without being seen if he wore a heavy bathrobe with a hood say no one would recognize him even if he were seen and besides the garb would not cause suspicion this bathrobe has a hood now in working the mirror back and forth on the flagpole at night a tiny skull thread was pulled out of the rope and clung to the rope i found this thread later mr hatch found an identical thread in these apartments both came from the bathrobe plain logic shows that the person who blew down the gas pipes worked a mirror trick the person who worked the mirror trick left the thread the thread comes back to the bathrobe that bathrobe there he pointed dramatically thus the person who desired henley's death was in these apartments or had easy access to them he paused for a moment and there was tense silence a great light was coming to hatch slowly but surely the brain that had followed all this was unlimited in possibilities even before we traced the origin of the crime to this room went on the scientist quietly now attention had been attracted here particularly to you mr cabell you were through the love affair of which miss lipscomb was the centre mr hatch learned that you and henley had been rivals for her hand it was that even before his scarlet thread was found which indicated that you might have some knowledge of the affair directly or indirectly you are not a malicious or revengeful man mr cabell but you are hot-tempered extremely so you demonstrated that just now when angry and not understanding but feeling that your honour was at stake you shot a hole in the floor what asked detective mallory a little accident explained the thinking machine quickly not being a malicious or revengeful man you're not the man to deliberately go ahead and make elaborate plans for the murder of henley in a moment of passion you might have killed him but never deliberately as the result of premeditation besides you were out of town who was then in these apartments who had access to these apartments who might have used your bathrobe your valet possibly miss austin which now let's see how we reached this conclusion which led to the valet miss renier was found dead it was not suicide how did i know because she had been reading with the gaslight at its full if she had been reading by the gaslight how was it then that it went out and suffocated her before she could arise and shut it off obviously she must have fallen asleep over a book and left the light burning if she was in the spot to kill henley why did she light the jet in her room there might have been some defect in the electric bulb in her room which she had just discovered therefore she lighted the gas intending to extinguish it turn it off entirely later but she fell asleep therefore when the valet here blew into the pipe intending to kill mr henley he unwittingly killed the woman he loved miss renier it was perfectly possible meanwhile that she did not know of the attempt to be made that particular night although she had participated in the others knowing that henley at night after night set up to watch the light in his rooms the facts as i knew them showed no connection between miss renier and this man at that time nor any connection between miss renier and henley it might have been that the person who blew the gas out of the pipe from the rooms knew nothing whatever of miss renier just as he didn't know who else he might have killed in the building but i had her death and the manner of it i had eliminated you mr cabell therefore there remained miss austin and the valet miss austin was eccentric insane if you will would she have any motive for killing henley i could imagine none love probably not money they had nothing in common on that ground what 
nothing that i could see therefore for the moment i passed miss austin by after asking you mr cabell if you were miss austin what remained the valet motive several possible ones one or two probable he is french or says he is miss renier is french therefore i had arrived at the conclusion that they knew each other as people of the same nationality will in a house of this sort and remember i had passed by mr cabell and miss austin so the valet was the only one left he could use the bathrobe well the motive frankly that was the only difficult point in the entire problem difficult because there were so many possibilities and each possibility that suggested itself suggested also a woman jealousy there must be a woman hate probably a woman attempted extortion with the aid of a woman no other motive which would lead to so elaborate a plot of murder would come forward who was the woman miss renier did miss renier know henley mr hatch had reason to believe he knew her because of his actions when informed of her death knew her how people of such relatively different planes of life can know each other or do know each other only on one plane henley is a typical young man fast i dare say and liberal perhaps then there had been a liaison when i saw this possibility i had my motives all of them jealousy hate and possibly attempted extortion as well what was more possible than mr henley and miss renier had been acquainted all liaisons are secret ones suppose she had been cast off because of the engagement to a young woman of henley's own level suppose she had confided in the valley here do you see motives enough for any crime however diabolical the attempts on henley's life possibly followed an attempted extortion of money the shot which wounded henley was fired by this man jean why because the woman who had cause to hate henley was dead then the man he was alive and vindictive henley knew who shot him and knew why but he'll never say it publicly he can't afford to it would ruin him i think probably that's all do you want to add anything he asked the valet no was the fierce reply i'm sorry i didn't kill him that's all it was all about as you said though god knows how you found it out he added desperately are you a frenchman i was born in new york but lived in france for eleven years i first knew louisa there silence fell upon the little group then hatch asked a question you told me professor that there would be no other attempt to kill henley by extinguishing the gas how did you know that because one person the wrong person had been killed that way was the reply for this reason it was hardly likely that another attempt of that sort would be made you had no intention of killing louisa renier had you jean no god help me no it was all done in these apartments the thinking machine added turning to cabell at the gas jet from which i took the tip it had been only loosely replaced and the metal was tarnished where the lips had dampened it it must take great lung power to do a thing like that remarked detective mallory you would be amazed to know how easily it is done said the scientist try it sometime the thinking machine arose and picked up his hat hatch did the same then the reporter turned to cabell would you mind telling me why you were so anxious to get away tonight he asked well no cabell explained and there was a rush of red to his face it's because i received a telegram from virginia miss lipscomb in fact some of henley's past had come to a knowledge and the telegram told me that the engagement was broken on top of this came the information that henley had been shot and i was considerably agitated the thinking machine and hatch were walking along the street what did you write in the note you sent to cabell that made him start to unpack asked the reporter curiously there are some things that it wouldn't be well for everyone to know was the enigmatic response perhaps it would be just as well for you to overlook this little omission of course of course replied the reporter 
wonderingly. End of section seven. The Skull Thread by Jacques Fidrel. Part two. Recording by Julie Niedermeyer.